Oh my, 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 my. Welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly. I don't know if it's been a week or two. It's been a little less than two, which is pretty good by my standards. I think it has been. Maybe it has been two weeks. I honestly can't remember anything anymore. Maluff. Maluff is crazy. I am at this wonderful cat sit. I'm very tired, very out of it. It's been quite a struggle to make sure I get this to you today. (laughs) And I hope you enjoy this chat. Today's guest is... That's right, I've brought back guests. Good stuff coming up, including my long archived interviews. Uh, A couple of great ones coming your way soon. But uh, this is also a really fun one with uh, repeat guest Dave Hill, my good friend. We are performing together this Thursday, October 19th at the Monarch Tavern at 7.30. I am putting a link to tickets. They're very nicely priced, $15 and then a couple bucks for fees. Buy them online. We'll love you. Should have a couple tickets at the door. Come to the Monarch Tavern in Toronto, October 19th. Only God forgives and Tim Gilbert rounding out the bill. It's going to be great. So I talked with Dave to celebrate. He's arriving in Toronto shortly, and I can't wait to see my friend. I've been in at least four cities with him. Isn't that a lot? We're also celebrating the release of his book, which I think is coming out in just under two weeks on Random House. And it's called The Awesome Game. One man's incredible, globe-crushing hockey odyssey. And uh, you should really check it out. Because uh, you can tell me what it's like, because I haven't read it yet. But I probably will. And if you come to that show this Thursday, if you listen to this in time, he'll be signing copies. So, damn. Anyway, I think I'll get into things. I might do a solo episode this week. I'm going to keep things pretty brief for now, because there's just so much going on that I've done so much in the world and I'm just honestly pretty proud that uh, this episode is pending and uh, (laughs) there's quite a lengthy conversation about wearing Burzum apparel so trigger warning in this would love to know your thoughts and I hope it's a fun listen and uh, I had fun talking to Dave so here it is Uh, follow him on Instagram to find out all of the crazy awesome stuff he's doing. He's a hilarious comedian, author, great musician, Dave Hill. Here's my talk with Dave. Smooth. Is this the podcast? You'll edit yes. this out. Do you want me to? Why? No, people love to hear this chatter. Yeah, this is the good stuff, man. The bad stuff is when we start talking about cancel culture. That's the bad Ru- stuff. Oh, no. But here's what I have to ask you. Right. I want to jump right. Well, no, let's say I'm going to promote you at the very beginning. But yeah. right now, I just want to my tell guest today that uh, my guest today is Dave Hill. I'm sorry. I'll try to say it like how you said it. My guest today is G- Gabe Hill. He's <laughs> a wall cl- wall cl- wall crawling spider spider superhero who uh, recently uh, had a homecoming. Do you want to talk to me about your wife, Mary Jane? What, wait, what? I kind of combined your name with the Spider-Man origin story, and I thought it was cool. Oh, gotcha. It was. If I, I just didn't. I'm slow. Why are you slow today, Dave? 
Oh, and just in life, I'm slow. Yeah? Since when? What, are you getting a text message? No, I'm looking up the full name of your book. Oh, I'll you, tell you. Dave, no. Okay. I'm going to say called, the first. Yeah? It's called The Awesome Game. Mm-hmm. One Man's Incredible Globe-Crushing Hockey Odyssey. Book by Dave Hill. From Penguin Random House, Doubleday, Canada. PenguinRandomHouse.ca. In, in, in the U.S., it's Triumph Books. Okay, now tell me this. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you the about for this about the uh, about this, and you tell me if it's right. Okay. One man's search to answer the ultimate question in sports: Why is hockey so incredibly awesome? Dave yeah. Hill, author, musician, writer, comedian, podcaster, man about town, originally from Westchester, New York. Is that what it says? No, it says Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, I would have been enraged. I love flashing out at people, so. Yeah, but now living in New York City. He's the author of three other books. I mean, we can get into all of this later. But I did not know that you wrote for the Paris Review. Now, that's a credit. The Paris Review Uh, being one of the fanciest collections of stories you could find. Historical as well. What did you write for the Paris Review, David? I'm glad you asked. Thank Uh, you. Um, I wrote, uh, ironically, um, that, uh, I wrote about when I, uh, this, I wrote for them in about, when was it? About 2014 or 15, I wrote about, in 2004, I was hired to write ringtones this was during the celebrity uh, ringtone boom of the early 2000s. And is that noise too much? I love it. Is it too much? It's going to make... No, I can I can run this through a noise reduction. I did it the other day for oh, the podcast. Oh, okay, We're good. Great. Yeah. Okay. The, the article... I, I wrote a piece for a Paris Review about... I was hired in 2004 during the celebrity ringtone boom of the early 2000s. I was hired to write ringtones for a game show host by the name of Donald Trump. And I wrote about my experience and uh, it was much lighter than I, the, uh, this is, it was written at a time when I think he had announced he was running for president, but we, none of us uh, took it seriously. Well, because he had the whole one where he, everyone was like, will he, won't he? And then he was like, obviously I won't. You know, that was like 20, 2012. So yeah, yeah. And the then, second time seemed like also possibly nothing. Yeah, and then he did. And um, and he ushered in a new, uh, you know, a new... Gilded age. Fasc- new wave of fascism. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say a time of peace and prosperity and, of course... Oh, my. Oh free speech gosh. and of course uh free speech free oil this is, i was just talking about this when people say free speech now they don't they're not talking about free speech they're well they're, they're yeah. they want to be able to say whatever <laughs> the fuck they want with zero repercussions they, they, they want very different from they mean hate speech <laughs> yeah i mean i i want to be awful and not suffer any consequences <laughs> fuck um, you Oh boy, we're almost at my hot button topic of the week, but not yet. 
because what? I well, I want to I want to talk to you about the book first. Yes, let's I, talk about the book. Let's get that shit out of the way. The we're awesome two, game, which is not two old friends in Canada. We, I want to put are, the context for old. How for how long now? Forty five years. We've been friends. I would say at least ten years. Yes, I would say that at this point it would be at least ten. Yeah, because we met when we met at the best show. Tom Sharp playing best show on shout out WFMU and uh and and we met then and and when I was on that show the first time I was discussing my first book Tasteful Nudes and that came out in 2012. So I would say we've known each other 11 years. Wow. I love yeah. it. I love it. And uh and we've used this friendship to hang out in many different cities. At least three. I would say Mont- New York, Montreal, Toronto. Have we hung out in Toronto before? In T dot. You know what? So. I don't know if we have. That's gonna all change. No, yeah, you you took me to Sneaky Pete's or Sneaky, Sneaky D's. Sneaky Pete's, I'm pretty sure, is a uh, bicycle shop. So. Unless you needed a bike. R.I.P., right? Right. You were in town because, of course, your past book, Parking the Moose. Parking the Moose. Was a Canadian-centric book. Yes, it was. There's no shortage of Canadian stuff in this book. I would imagine. uh, This is all about hockey. Did we mention that? Peterborough, Ontario. I saw the Peterborough Peets. I went to Gatineau, Quebec, to see the Gatineau Olympics. And... Uh, what else can I tell you? Yeah. Did you, you also? Wait, what? Uh, it's my favorite trick in the world is the pretending I'm frozen trick. Where, especially on FaceTime, on FaceTime when I go like this, like. Uh, uh, I, 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 yeah, that's a good trick. <laughs> yeah, it's believable. Thanks, Very man. believable. I want to see your tricks, too. I, I was all... That's all I have, really. Your trick is saying a trick is good. No, I freeze and then I go, uh, oh, uh, 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 and they're like, oh, Dave, you're glitching. I love, I love that. I love that for you and for Mm -hmm. me and for the entire human race. Um, But yeah, so you went to Quebec. Did you say you went to Kingston, Ontario? No, but I'm glad you asked, because when I saw the Peterborough Be- Peets play, they were playing the Kingston Frontenacs. I was thinking Kingston. Featuring number one NHL draft pick. I forget his name, but he was playing. Uh, Rene Levesque. No, no. He, I forget his name. It's in my book. It's in the book, The Awesome Game. On yeah. Penguin Random House. Doubleday Canada. How did it come about? The book? Yep. I'm glad you asked, Nick. Uh, the book, I, I'm not, you never know what to look at me, but I'm not a big sports guy. However, I do love hockey, and I grew up playing hockey. I played into my sophomore year in college because I was weirdly, uh, it was the only sport I was really, I wasn't that good, but I was pretty good, good enough to play that long. And then, uh, yeah, I was just kind of revisiting my love of hockey and hockey uh, ephemera and things and just everything from uh, 
the culture around it, the, but sort of the good vibes culture, not uh, not any bad stuff. Just not any stuff. of that Theo Flurry kind of thing. No, no bad stuff because it's sort of, it was fairly lighthearted book. Um, I will I will make a very hard hitting. Uh, what was the name of the guy? The there's there was Theo Fleury. It's rough, and then there was the guy who was like a really tough, like he was like an enforcer guy, but he died like pills in his apartment or something. This is years oh, ago. It was a dude. Sure. You know. Yeah, well, you know, in in hockey, a lot of times the enforcer, it's sort of uh, not not many of them like that job. They get put up to it. Yeah, they're sort of like the equivalent. They're they're almost like wrestlers, like a certain type of seventies or eighties wrestler. Yeah, they're kind of forced to be like a heel or something, you know. Yeah, I want that. Ty Domi was a big one when I was growing up. Bob Probert, yeah. and Ty Domi. Sure. By the way, the guy the, I was talking about, Ty Domi, about- is mentioned in the book because mm-hmm. uh, my friend Niels, whom you've met, uh, oh, yeah. we nice were eating man. A- we were eating it at a diner in Kempsville, uh, Ontario, and the waitress that seated us, he said, uh, her husband used to live with Ty Domi. That's that's just one nugget from the book. It's no, I, th- I think that's really cool. And yeah, uh, um, the the hockey player I was thinking of, by the way, was John Cordick. Oh, remember him? He died in 1992. He played for the for the Nordiques, the Capitals, the Leafs, and the Canadians. Oh, nice! And he was a uh, he he wore the famous number 27, which was also worn by Daryl Sittler and Frank Mahalovich, and he was an enforcer. Wow, nice! Yeah, but uh, yeah, those enforcers, man, they're kind of like. Uh, the Bruiser Brody types, they're 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 the ones who smoke and drink, aren't they? The enforcers yeah. a lot of the time. I mean, I yeah, I think uh I th- I think it's very common to drink away the pain. And Do also you, what's mm-hmm. that? No, and also I want that. It, you know, if I it, it's I talk about this in the book, but um in the eighties uh during the New York Islanders Stanley Cup dynasty or Stanley Cup dynasty, as they would say in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Trache um, used to live down the street from my cousins on Long Island. And I begged them to take me to meet him. And my one cousin, Molly, took me down the street and we stood on his front lawn until he came outside <laughs> and I met him. And That's he beautiful. came out. So he happened to be working with uh, my publisher on his own excellent book. I believe it's called All Roads Home, I think. Mm-hmm. I read it. It's a great book. And uh, so I asked them to connect me, and I talked with him about you know his career. And I, I did bring up the fact that I stood on his front lawn and uh, he, I don't think he quite remembered it. Weirdly, weirdly. And um, nobody remembers those kinds of things. Isn't that sad? That's my least favorite thing about being a celebrity. I think maybe, yeah. It's well, I maybe I didn't mention the standing on the lawn. I think I tried to ease into it by telling him, so, "Oh, my cousins live down the street from you." 
and he didn't take the bait. Uh, I forget. Uh, uh, anyway, but he we talked. Doesn't about, sound like you forget. No, sounds like you remember it vividly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to make get make it more of a cliffhanger so people read okay. the, the incredible, incredible book, the awesome the game. Awesome game. But he did talk about you know joining the NHL at a very young age and like players are like smoking cigarettes in the locker room and he was just so completely blown away like oh my god this is insane <laughs> yeah i but think until like, you know, it was a different time i think when I, the, I think that mm-hmm. went on until like not that long ago like players would like could, to have a smoke between periods like not yeah, I, know, I, 20, I think the 10, only 20 years ago is still happening the only sport I feel like that has had like a generally non smoke and cigs and possibly even drinking a brew between quarters would, would be probably basketball just because of the sheer running in it. I think baseball yeah. has those guys who just are like have huffing darts and, uh, huffing you know, darts. I like that. Yeah. Didn't like <laughs> Keith Hernandez was like be smoking and be hiding the <laughs> yeah. cigarette. On television. David Wells is really famous, you know. Like, some of those guys just looked like they were, like, out of a fuck, And it was probably on purpose, but, like, out of a cigarette ad in magazines. Not the people in the but Absolutely. You know, like, uh, picture Don Mattingly smoking a cigarette. It's easy. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But in football seems the same way, you know, where some of those guys would be like, you're just brutalizing yourself. Yeah, so why not have some have some smokes? You know, because like three quarters of the people playing are just basically enforcer equivalent. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah, I don't know anything about football, but that seems correct. Yeah, there's a lot of guys just I don't know. Not to diminish, I'm just not a fan of it. The, uh, the uh, so you wouldn't write a book called The Awesome Game about football? No, someone else probably would. I would maybe I would write a book called The Boring Game about football. Shots fired. There, shots fired. What about no, baseball? I, what would you call a baseball book? Uh fun to have going on in the background while drinking. That's the fun to have in the background while drinking game. Yeah. <laughs> Which I do enjoy baseball. Uh Me but too. yeah. It's sort of like I like to just hang out and chat and drink. And uh, have it just generally happening. But I don't, uh, I'm not like uh, passionate about it. Snooker, what would you say about like a book Willie about Snooker? Moscone and Minnesota Fats. But what would you call the book? Oh, the Snooker book? Yeah, Snooker book. Yeah, prop maybe. Probably Snook, Snook book. Snook book. It seems like a pretty good title now that I hear yeah, it. Yeah, Snook book. Book of yeah. Snook. The book of Snook. Yeah. The Book of Snook, One Man's Journey into, oh, the, the Impossible what? The Impossible Book of Sass. Um, <laughs> Snook Book, The Impossible Story of One Smoke-Filled bill- Billiards Hall and the, the and the gentleman who watched guys play it in it. Yes, that's Billiards. exactly right. Um, Hell yeah. So Brian Trache wrote his wonderful book and... Uh, I think that's oh, where we left it. In it, well, no, in it, he talked about uh, smoke, like getting there, and players would be like smoking. And then when he was first on the Islanders, like you would get two beers 
each player got two beers after the game. They were like rationed beers. And he would always give one of his beers to Clark Gillies because he wasn't much of a drinker, but Clark would have his extra beer. I, You're the I like third. that story. Clark Gillies from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, of course. And you've been to Moose Jaw? I have. In the last book, I went there because Clark Gillies was from there. And growing up, and this is in the book, of course, The Awesome Game. I grew up in Cleveland, but my, you know, my grandfather was from Clinton, Ontario. And, you know, as I got into hockey, I was just so fascinated with the names of the towns that all the NHL greats were from, like Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, Flin Flon, Manitoba, Medicine mm-hmm. Hat, Alberta, uh, Sault Ste. Marie. Sarnia. What? Sarnia. Where's that? Ontario. Who's from there? Who's from Sarnia in hockey? They're going to tell you now. I mean, Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky from Brantford, Ontario, of course. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, my There's cousin played with him. Really? Brian Wilkes was my cousin. He played in the NHL in 87. What? Yeah. Why did why I should have had him in the book? I know. Well, I wish we the next one, the awesome game part two. Yes, the awesome game part two. And uh, but I never met Gretzky. I never got anything autographed. No offense. My my cousin also played for the Kitchener Rangers before that. Oh, that's amazing. And I are those were they OHL? I'm not sure. What I think they were OHL or one one before OHL. Junior A maybe. Okay, so um, Pat Verbeek is from oh. Sarnia. Oh, of course, I know him. Not personally, but... Um, this is going to be fun. I'm going to tell you all about all the people from Sarnia. Please. Dino Ticcarelli. Cicerelli. Oh, Minnesota North Star, sure. I think... Did he play for the Leafs as well? I feel like he did. He might have. Paul Isabart. Isabert. Sean mm-hmm. Burr. Wayne Merrick. Wayne Merrick. Of, sh- oh, of course, Wayne Merrick. Don Ward, Jamie Frazier, Wayne Joe Merrick. Ward. I want to say Wayne Merrick. Okay. Gary Holt. Gary Holt, the guitar player from Exodus? <laughs> Probably. Uh, Sean Burr, Pat Stapleton, Jerry Butler, Mike Stapleton, Jamie Hisla. Oh, man. I mean, look, if it's Ontario, if it's in Ontario, it's a hockey town. That's oh, really yeah. well, what we're saying. I was going to say Wayne Merrick played for the Cleveland Barons. I knew it. That's what I was. He, he played for. Did you go to yeah. a lot of Barons games? No, I went to exactly one Barons game to my memory. The first pro hockey game I saw in person was the Cleveland Barons. I don't recall who they were playing. Um, I was quite young. But I do remember we had seats right behind the penalty box. And during that game, one player who I would later learn had the highest penalty minutes on the Barons team that season, Len Frigg. I remember seeing him in the penalty box, and his name was just burned into my brain as a little kid. And my whole life, I was just like Len Frigg. He was the first (laughs) pro hockey player I ever saw, like, you know, right in front of me. That's so cool. In my whole life, I, I, I just, he was in my, you know, he's kind of a journeyman player. He played for Blackhawks, 
California Seals and uh, and then, you know, a bunch of various minor league teams and things. And uh, so for the book, I tracked the book, The Awesome Game. I tracked him down. Random House. And I called him. And uh, I was like, is this Len Frigg played for the Barons? He said, yeah. And I just pestered him until we finally had beers at a bar in Manhattan at a Mexican restaurant, actually. And, uh, and yeah, so there's a bit of stalking in the book. I stopped. Did you guys huff darts? No, we didn't huff darts. We had nachos or at least chips and salsa. Almost dart, almost dart shaped. Yeah. Like an actual dart, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, so there's the book kind of takes a lot of directions in that way. Do you know what? I, I keep talking. I, I'm going to celebrate myself. All this beer talk. You're going to have a coldie? I'm going to have a coldie. Oh, nice. I had too many coldies last night, bro. Why? Why did you have too many coldies? It was one of those one thing leads to another. Can I name drop? Sure. Okay, yeah. I'll do it. Um... My friend Jason Narducci, who plays bass for Bob Mould's band. and He's a famous musician. Bob Mould, yeah. He plays in Superchunk. He plays guitar in Sunny Day Real Estate. He has his own great band, Split Single. He and Bob Mould are on tour. Like Bob, so They're both doing solo sets on this tour. So I went out there playing in Jersey City at White Eagle Hall. It's a great venue out there. And... I've been flying a little too close to the sun lately. And so I went to the show saying, no beers for Dave. But then I got there and there was a bar and I was like, I'll have a beer as these (laughs) things go. And then ran into a friend and this, I'll let the name dropping commence. Lisey Gorenson, who plays Becky uh, on Becky one on Roseanne. And now she's on the Connors. I ran into her. We were chatting. So I had another beer. The classic then, Becky. The classic Becky. Mm-hmm. And then after after Jason set, I went back and was saying hi to him during the break. And he gave me one of his beers. And that's when I should have pumped the brakes. And then I thought we would just go home after the show. We would all go our separate ways. But then um, he's friends with Michael Shannon, the actor. And Michael Cerberus. I mean, is 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 this uh, is this a story or is this the cast of a Matador Records promotional video? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. So it's basically, uh, and then then their their lady friends. We went out and had a couple of coldies, and uh, it's a very glamorous evening, as I clearly have illustrated. And uh, I drank too much beer. Wait. Michael Shannon. I've seen pictures of this guy everywhere. And I've seen him with my own eyes as well. I went. Famous actor. I was in Utah. Delightful fellow. I was in Utah and we went into a party and Michael Shannon was there. And I was like, there's Michael Shannon, who is an incredible actor and uh, just a wonderful actor. Yeah, uh, he really is. Really anchored Boardwalk Empire. But he's almost like John C. Riley. Because as good of a dramatic actor he is, I think he or or Christopher Walken or something, he has this type of timing he can do where he's very funny. Also, yeah, 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 absolutely. 
this is a fact. So did you tell him about your book? I think it probably came up. Did you tell him about our show in Toronto? I talked about that quite a bit. I said, Michael, Michael Shannon. I use his last name whenever I address him. Yo, Shannon. Yeah, I, I said, my buddy Nick Flanagan, the Flans, Flanagan, are doing a show at the Monarch in Toronto. 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 T-Dot. The big Toronto, eh? T-Dot, the sixth. Uh, Hogtoon. Uh, at the Monarch. We're going to do a show there. Hogtoon. And, uh, it's going to be great. And he was like, that's really cool. I, uh, I just did George and Tammy. And I just did George and Tammy. He didn't say I'm, that. I'm Michael Shannon. I just did George and Tammy. Perhaps he, he watched say, several he episodes of it. This, you know, no, he didn't. We we actually didn't talk about any of that stuff. Dave, you didn't talk about our show October 19th I, at the I Monarch did, Tavern. I, I did tell him we were performing at the, the Monarch and they're over on Clinton Street in in Toronto, Ontario. Toronto. Canada. Canada. Hogtown. Hogtown, is it? I'm really excited to come to Toronto. Oh, and I also mentioned this nickname, Toronto the Good. I mentioned That's it to John Daly last from... week. Oh, yeah, wow. Toronto the Good, because it's uh, it's like a, what do you call it? Like a bit of an acidic nickname, because it's uh, based on the idea that uh, Toronto's sort of Protestant uh, foundation created a, a kind of an anti-fun, prurient atmosphere all right um, that lasted until it may still exist in in some corners until right up until when sneaky d closed sneaky d. <laughs> sneaky d's is still open it is i thought it closed this is as many things that close and go away here there are things where people like say they're closing and then they don't quite close well, sneaky d's has not Brett's closed Okay, we got to go there, but I heard Gretzky's closed. The way I do Gretzky think Gretzky's closed some time ago, yes. And now it's, Makes you think I believe like it's it. the second city. I If Wayne Gretzky, if Canada's favorite uh, Kid Rock-loving, Trump-supporting son <laughs> can't mean... I, though I can't fully confirm that uh, he's a Trump supporter, but oh, he seems I'm, like he is, right? He did something's not right with old Wayne. I mean, and it hasn't he, been for a long time. I saw photos of him golfing at a Trump golf course, and I feel like if you do that, uh, you got to be a fucking idiot. I mean, I think I've heard some tales about old Wayne a little bit here and there, mostly to do with the sauce and, you know, much like. Oh, well, you know, I have empathy you know, for that. I mean, I don't think it's easy. I don't think it's easy being a, uh, a hockey player, much less a hockey player at the top of the uh, hockey world for as long as he was, who was basically like a ballerina or something, you know, forced in. He was he was a hockey. He was him and hockey were one in the same from yes. like the age of four. You know, he was just oh, even he, younger. I think he started yeah. at like two and a half or something. Exactly. So that's not going to, you know, it's all well and good when you write your biography while you're basically still playing and you're like, I've really got the spirit and this is how I use it. And then as soon as you're done it, you're like, uh, I don't know, I guess I'm going to like buy a restaurant. 
<laughs> like well, hang out I at the front I mean, for a while. Did he? He didn't hang out at the front, did he? I think he did sometimes hang hang out there. I mean, I've been to. I there was a time when every time I would go to Toronto, I would insist on going to Gretzky's. I'd be there on shoots, and there'd be like they're like, "Hey, let's grab lunch," and I'm like, "Can we go to a little place I like to call Gretzky's?" And they'd be like, "What?" And I'm like, "No, we have to go to Gretzky's." And um, the look of disappointment on people's face when they realize, well, Dave's a a huge star. We better take him to Gretzky's because that's what I mean. To me. Gretzky sucked, but yeah. Uh, well, they, the Hockey Gretzky Hall of Fame was awesome. Gretzky oh, sucked. Gre- the Hockey Hall of Fame is still awesome, and you can bet your yeah. ass I'm going to go there next week. I'll go there with you. Fuck, yeah. I'd love to. That sounds fun. Damn right we are. That sounds fun. I haven't been there for years. They used to have this thing. They probably still have it, but it's uh, where where it was like a booth where they they would play the uh, clip of that um, Keith uh, getting the goal in the Canada series against Russia in 1972. Sure. And uh, you could call it. They'd instituted technology where you could record yourself calling it and then listen back. I don't think you could get the recording in any way, but it was, I had a lot of fun with that at the time. Well, I mean, just the gift shop alone. I've been to Uh, the, I've been to the hockey hall of fame conservatively four times in my life. (laughs) That's so cool. I mean, I went so many times. I I love it. Yeah. I loved it. It felt, I'm not even a crazy hockey fan, but I was like, it was just all the right colors. Yeah, I mean, I, one of the last times I went to the Hockey Hall of Fame, I bought some socks with Guy Lafleur on them. This was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. The late, great Guy Lafleur. Mm-hmm. And I posted a fix, picture of my ankles. It has a Guy Lafleur's face on this the uh, side there uh, uh, on the sock. And then I put hashtag Gila Floor, posted it to the gram, and then, uh, then I saw that uh, a Martin Lafleur liked it, and then I went to his account and I saw pictures of Gila Floor holding what appeared to be his granddaughter. So I couldn't help but write to this guy and be like, "Excuse me." Are you Gila Flores' son? And he said yes. And we had a few pleasant exchanges. And um, it just goes to show you, you never know what's going to happen when you buy a pair of socks at the Hockey yeah. Hall of Fame. This is exciting because I have a lot of themed socks. And like I'm kind of hoping that at some point they pay off and make me meet the son of an idol. I mean, I I tried to finagle it to meet Guy Lafleur, but he had ar- he was already sick at this point, sadly. And, and no, uh, this know, is died not too long. Not to bring it down, but uh, yeah, uh, well, I, I love that. I I I've I've been to the Finnish Hockey Hall of Fame as well. Not to how's that one? How does that compare? Uh, it's much smaller. It's wow, because the one in Toronto a, isn't that big. Right? No, it's it's very small. In fact, it houses other stuff, um, like four other museums. Oh, In fact, at one point, it's like a flea market. I, basically, well, at one point, I was museums. in the Finnish hockey. 
Hall of Fame, and then I walked into another room, and there was all these beautiful textiles. And I was like, well, what a delightful curveball that there would be a textile exhibit in the Hockey Hall of Fame. That's when I realized I had entered in an entirely different museum. I wonder if Timu Solani has also woven in yeah, his life. Yeah, exactly. Is, is, is Yari Curry done a duvet that I didn't know about? <laughs> I mean, just uh, trying to pull out a Finnish hockey player's name. Is... Well, we did, uh, we did, uh, you know, Capo uh, Caco. We got, I think if I'm saying that right, <laughs> on Capo uh, Caco. Maybe getting that wrong. On uh, on uh, the Rangers. Yeah, so we've already, we've broken out three Finnish players. Beautiful. Beautiful. Really trying. But, uh, so that's what's going to happen when you come to town. You're here for a while. You'll be promoing the book. Five magical nights. I'll be I'm there. so excited for the show. It's selling well. We're bound to have out. a good night. The Monarch is an exciting place. You can meet, hopefully, one of my... Uh, Excuse me. One of my. Excuse me. I'm a little gassy from this alcohol. What beer are you, are you having there, pal? Thank you for asking. Uh, I am at a cat sit, and I have availed myself to a beer that it was in the fridge. Muskoka Brewery Craft Lager, established 1996. Delightful. I am enjoying Wait, it. It's just a beer that was in their house. Yeah. Now, will you be? Will you have? Will you be beholden to replace that beer? I don't know. That's such a great question. You know, the politics of it are very strange. Like, there's another person I've cats at for a couple. They're amazing. And they always say, eat some stuff in the fridge. And I replace certain things, like chips that I think they might want when they come back. Yeah. Craves. Sure. But they always go take the beer. And I never even eat, drink all the beer. I drink a few beers. And then I always leave them nice flowers and stuff, you know, at the very end of it. So if I don't replace, I. fine. And this one says, please use any fresh, I have a note from them here. Please use any fresh veggies slash fruit plus, okay, this is, this is where we get into an interesting philosophical question, plus anything else you fancy. That sounds the green light for beers to me, Coldy. I mean, that's possibly a green light for anything, right? Like, please use, yeah. so I could use the mouthwash. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I did bring my own. I just yesterday brought my own. I don't feel right, but I could, I you res- think? I respect that. What can I ask you? What area of Toronto? This is, is it, this place in? There's nothing I love more than just like going all around Toronto. And I've done that more in the last five years than I probably did combined in the you know, 18, 20 years before then. So this is at St. Clair. And Dufferin area, which is like, I think it's called Via Italia, Via Italia. Whatever. Oh, I love it. And Wait, speak, as we talk about Toronto, as we're talking about this, are we going to get all the rockers to come out? I haven't even tapped hard into the rockers. We got to get but Danko Jones to come out. And well, I need to call Brendan. him anyway, because my, my call hot... him and Brendan from. Uh... Don't you know, Brendan, you should contact Brendan. Yeah, I do. I have his number. I Text him. I might have, I might have Danko. Do you know what the difference is between a person who lives in a city telling you to go to a show and the person who doesn't live in a city telling you to go to their show? It's massive. Do I, it's do, massive. I don't. I don't have Danko Jones's number, but I'll tell you whose number. I I'll do tell have. Danko. I'll tell Danko. 
I have Cowboy Randy Jones from the Village People. You should definitely invite him to the show. And if he isn't in Toronto at the time, we should fly him down using your half of the money earned. And yes, I did use the word half. (laughs) Whoa, whoa. I I need to know going in. This is good to know going in. I should have used the larger font. Should have used the larger font. You should have signed the contract. Should have. I should have thought it through. Sent me a rider right now. Should have thought it through. There's no hospitality budget right now. There is. I am charging you to talk to me for the podcast. This is a lot advertising, but you know, I respect it, Dave. I'm 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 in the I'm in the promotions game now. How does it feel to talk to like the Bill Graham of? It Do feels door good. For, for to be honest, it feels pretty good. Um, yeah. What were we saying just now? We were talking about important things. Important things, man. I yeah. shouldn't have said that. That was horrible. What I just did. I said, "Oh, you can edit that out." But the where the part where you uh, did it say it an accent. Important things, man. Well, you know, I I didn't. I've watched the harder they come Twice. about ten times. I put on the harder they come a lot of times just to have it on when I'm falling asleep because I so badly want to live in 1970s Kingston, Jamaica. So I take it you've seen rockers as well. Fucking love rockers. Yeah, it's got. I've it's seen a good Country movie. Man. I've never Country seen Country Man's really good. Uh, uh, Dance Hall Queen, which is. Uh, oh, I haven't seen. By uh, um, Clement, that, is it Clement Virgo directed no, that? It's directed by um, Don Letts. Oh, or right. Co-direct, co-directed. That's yeah. the one. I've watched Who my homie Bill did a documentary on Don Letts. Oh, I saw that. It's really good. Yeah. I got to oh, see it. I haven't seen it yet. I, I read, is it, if it's the Don Letts documentary that's out, I have seen it. But I also read Don Letts' book called black and back i think mm-hmm. or um i can't but it's a great book um, back and black i think it's black let's have a look here black um, in back it's uh don let's book let's look it up we got to solve this but here's the thing i usually don't do this oh rebel dread that's the movie right yeah yeah it's a really good book uh, no, that good documentary. I'm saying what I want. Oh, black. What's it called? Black. There and black again. It's called. oh, to like to there and black again. Now I get it. Yeah, and um, but the it kind of covers a lot of the same ground that his understandably, as you would yeah. think, the documentary and his autobiography. We live in a weird age, channel. my friend. Where. You watch the movie, and if you've read the book, and it's a documentary, you're just getting an animated thing of Robert Evans talking, you know? Yeah, but no complaints here. But No, I it's wrote, all good. The more the merrier. I went, I went to Don Letts', Letts's website. I never really do this. I thought you were going to say out. wedding. I went to his website and wrote him to tell him how much I enjoyed his book. Mm-hmm. And he, he wrote, here, I'm going to just pull it up. Don Letts, filmmaker, musician, DJ, 
Uh, so much more. But here, what's what I wrote? See if I can. Photographer? Pull. Did you say that? He might. I don't know. Didn't he photograph I wrote, all that shit too? Oh, he has a great radio show on on Six Music BBC. So I oh, I should. Listen I wrote to that. this. Uh, hopefully not too cringeworthy. Fan note: subject, love your book! Exclamation point. And I wrote, <laughs> "Hey Don, greetings from NYC." <laughs> you know, I'm going to steal that as just like the way I can talk to strangers on in emails. It's a bit cringeworthy, but I did start it that way. I no, just I wanted to that. say I love your new book. Thank you for writing it. And for all you do, I love your radio show, too. Have a great day, Dave Hill. That's me. Beautiful. He writes back. Thanks for your thoughts and support, Dave! Exclamation point. And there's a logo says Don Let's the Rebel Dread. Anyway, um, it made my day to hear back from Don Let's. Yeah, that's I'm amazing. Big, I'm a big, big audio dynamite, dynamite fan as well, which he yeah. was part of for the first two records. I got to give him a listen. I've always sort of just about missed big audio dynamite. Oh, man. Those first, well, I guess they did, maybe he was did three records with them, and then they kind of, maybe they did three. I got to look. But yeah, great band. Dave, we're getting right into the topic that I was hoping we would get into now. Oh, cancel culture? No, that's not what I wanted to talk about when it gets to the hot to button about? topic, but we're not at the hot button to- is this topic. Gotcha? Is this a gotcha? No gotchas. Question? No, I have a okay. fun question to start. First of all, Danko Jones, good friend of mine. I'm going to invite him out. I'm going to invite him out to the show. I might even call him later tonight because i got things yeah, to say. Yeah, please do. I've never met him in person, though we've, we've potted it up before. See, he's not the kind of guy who... Like, if I tell him you're coming, he'll register that and go. You know? You don't have yeah. to tell him. I can tell him. He'll be excited yeah. via a third party. Brendan, you should text Brendan. I'm going to. Or create a group text. text but three but we, of us. Then I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to Mike Belitsky from the Sadies, though I'm not sure. I can hit up Belitsky, too. Yeah, hopefully he's here. Hopefully he's not Does on he tour. Do you live in Toronto? Yeah. Did we already talk about... How you, you know Mike Belitsky, the wonderful drummer in the Sadies? I'll do you one better. We were in a band together. Go on. When I was like in my early 20s, and so was he. Um, in Chicago? No, in New York. He was living in New York, and he, he had gotten like a demo deal or something with Island Records. And... uh the A&R guy from Island Records saw me playing bass with my band at the time and then approached me and said, hey, do you want to be in this other band? And so I joined that band and they're called... And you said yes. I'd love to. I said yes, called Shetty Camp. And, uh, And then my band, Sons of Elvis, we got a record deal, so... I was like, I was like, well, I'm, my friends from growing up, we, you know, it's our band. So I was like, I got to quit your band. Would have been nice to just be in both bands. That's what I should have done in retrospect. What was I thinking? I mean, did people do that as much back then? No. I feel like they Queens didn't. of the Stone Age cracked that one open. 
Yeah, it used to be you'd just be in one band and be like, this is the band I'm in. Yeah. Though, I don't know, like my friend Walter Schreifels was in Gorilla Biscuits, Youth of Today, and I think maybe Warzone at, at the same time. I mean, I think punk might actually be punk and funk might be two categories yeah. where you can be in similar in multiple projects because hardcore always kind of had that, like where people were in multiple bands. I yeah. was in two bands at once. once brutal Nights? Time. No. And what else? Do you, are there Brutal Nights t-shirts? I should ask. I will try to get one for you. I want one. I I know the perfect one for you. I would love it. Um, so I'm gonna see what I can bro. do. I'm gonna see what I can do. We made quite that a few different rule. shirts. You know, merch, right? That was how you made your money. Gotta have merch, bro. Uh, that's actually yeah. what my friend reminded me is that I need to bring some merch to our show together. I gotta I'm figure out some merch. My book and try to hawk books. Yes, sign it there, and I'll have copies of your book. Out. Yeah, to undercut you with. Yeah, <laughs> sell them for a. A loony less. A like loony essentially, loony less. I'm going to do that thing where it's like, I'm the local guy. And you fucking come, you come to my town? Yeah, I'm you actually going to humiliate you. And I put it, I help put you the show on. I'm going to humiliate. And we're friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to humiliate. Yeah, for a, lo- a loony and a toonie. Three ducks less. <laughs> Three I ducks less. Um what was I saying now about things and rock and what were we talking about? You're talking about, Oh yeah. Mike Bolitsky. I mean, the Sadies are a wildly talented group of people. Um, Who is he playing with now? He's playing with the Sadies. The Sadies continue. That's the truth of it. Oh, I didn't realize that. It's beautiful, uh, but it's like, I still haven't faced seeing them quite, but uh, I probably will. Um, I mean, if they can do it, I should go see it, you know? Um, but they yeah. continued on. Travis is playing guitar. Um, Mike drumming and Sean Dean on bass. All three of them so talented. And they've got like a, um, I don't think it's a painting, but it's kind of a backdrop, like painting kind of thing of, uh, of Dallas up when they play. And, uh, you know, like the Sadies, uh, in Toronto were quite the institution, uh, and, of course, wildly respected across yeah. North America and the world as well. So, you know. By the way, my, your hair, you're futzing with your hair. It looks perfect right now. Thank you. I'll keep it. I won't mess with it. No, right now it looks great. I'm going to get a haircut, I think. Why not? I need a haircut. Well, I, you know, my lovely partner. I'm not trying partner, to, you know, your partner, she's going to cut your hair? She has been, but I think she's kind of over it. Yeah, go treat yourself to one of those fancy high-dollar haircuts. Well, she's also doing this thing where she's like, don't spend a lot of money when you get a cut. And I'm like, well, which which is it? You don't want to cut it, but you don't want me to spend I, a lot of money? There's a place in my neighborhood I get mine cut for $35. That's about the right price. And USD. USD, which is 700 Canadian. Yeah. Uh, and remember, we're doing a, a, a half. Half before taxes. That's exactly right. Um, so 
But then, uh, I don't know, this story is headed nowhere. I was going to say there's another place that charges 50 and I went to them and I thought, hey, it's not any better than the $35 one. That's right. And that's what I did. Well, what I'm going to do is there's someone who cuts hair, and I think if I give him a few guest list spots for various shows I'm involved with, free He'll charge you the regular price for haircut. That would fucking suck. I feel like haircut's not something you can trade guest list spots for. That sounds You'd so be surprised. It sounds like something <laughs> that's We're talking. We shall see. Are you one of these guys who likes having your hair cut by a boy or a girl? Mm, I don't really care too much. I think as long as I'm prepared, either's fine. Like if you know the gender of your beforehand, yes, hair cutter. Because I've got to just get into two different mindsets. Yeah, I don't. I guess I don't care. You ever get your hair washed? Yes. Well, then we're certainly talking about a woman. (laughs) You know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, I, I don't hope it's not a euphemism, but yes. I'm probably banned from getting my hair washed now at salons after that. I know you've ruined it. Wink and a nod. Is, I just would you threw. say is your listenership primarily Canadian? I would say it's a large part, but it's I don't think it's all. I've had no, listeners no, I, well, in Scotland, listeners yeah. in America, listeners in um, New Zealand, Australia. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a uh, it's a global it's operation. Cool. But, you know, when I look at the list of countries that are listening, sometimes I think it's just like some of these are like weird bot listening countries because it'll be like, you have 400 listeners in Asheville. I'm like, 400 people in Asheville? It doesn't sound. Yeah, like. yeah. I've, I've There'd probably like, there be was, a fan club if, if I had 400 listeners my, in Asheville. My podcast like had this huge, allegedly huge Irish listenership. And then I would kind of like call, give them shout outs and be like, hey, Irish listeners, draw me a line. I want to hear from you. Never happened. And I figured, yeah, it has to be. Yeah, I had some Irish, uh, too. Some computer bank somewhere listening or something. I don't know. I mean, it's weird how like the Internet age has really had this focus on demoralizing us. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's quite confusing. Question. Question good things in life. Yeah. You know, like someone puts up a post, oh, this cat's so sick, you gotta help the cat. Then you find out it's yeah, just, like, you know, what do you a guy do? who wants cat money. Like he's yeah, using he the cat. Tap into that cat money. Yeah. Dave, uh so the hot button topic we're following there. Right. Burzum. What is it? Oh Burzum. What what are you asking me about Burzum? Well, Facing something, the Norwegian, the Norwegian proto pioneering black metal group. That's essentially the one man band of the, what's his name? Christian Varg, Christian Vikernes or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A fucking idiot. Yeah. Uh, And, and fuck that band. And fuck that band. That having been said, (laughs) uh, what's your question? Uh, well, I have been working at rock shows a lot more in various mm-hmm. capacities and, and, and also just out in the world right now in Toronto, in the last four, three and a half weeks, there's been like four 
Burzum public displays of Burzum gear. And um, yeah, I, yeah, I've noticed that as well. I mean, like if you go to like any you know metal shows, yeah, metal. I mean, not like a you know when you go to more extreme metal festivals yeah. and things like that, you're gonna see Burzum uh, shirts and stuff sometimes, and I don't know, like, and this is not me defending it. I don't. I don't necessarily think that people uh, are doing it as like, "Hey, I'm aligning myself with this fucking racist, murderous dickhead," and murderer, as, murder inspiring. Yeah, and murder inspiring. Just awful individual. Even though I will say that Philosophem record is pretty good yes that's what um, everybody likes i mean there's no getting around that yeah it's good but like you know it's it's I, I it's got a pioneering you, sound yeah know? but i don't think you can listen to it and be like i don't know i think there's plenty of other uh but if you're gonna listen to black metal you can you don't need to champion this guy uh yeah so would i wear a burzum shirt no have <laughs> i listened have I listened to Philosophem and enjoyed it? Yes. And I am the uh, same. But but no, yeah, I don't think uh yeah, you can uh I don't know, it doesn't take much to figure out where that guy's coming from and I feel like uh don't wear a Bursum hat, shirt, or merch of any form. I have Listen to and enjoyed Philosophum or whatever by Burzum. Yeah. When was the last time? Probably over a decade ago was the yeah, last I time I think I listened to, to it, it. In the last few years I have. But, um, but also, did I pay for it in any way? No. Did I do anything to propagate the name of Burzum? No. Did I, you know... Uh, and I just think... At this point in time. Now, the other thing, the truth about the four Burzum experiences, it was very interesting seeing, because I talk about this. I've This has been a thing of mine since sort of being at punk, metal, indie-type shows more, is how I feel about Burzum shirts. And people might go, well, that's pretty PC, but it's like, no, not at this point. It's basically like walking around. First of all, you go into a bar at a punk show and even like a lot of metal shows now, because most of those are like, have a heavy punk presence. Um, you're kind of asked, like asked trying to create problems, you know? Um, so on one level, you know, the idea of just like not letting someone in with the Burzum shirt is like, I'm very happy to do that. And Oh yeah, so you okay? Yeah, you. you this so is what you, I'm talking have you, about. Have you turned someone away in a Burzum shirt? Here are the Burzum shirt encounters of the last four weeks. I did see you post something about a Burzum hat or something. Recently. Oh yeah, I took a picture of me uh, unimpressed by some a woman wearing a Burzum hat on the streetcar. Um, so uh, the first was at a Godflesh show, the band Godflesh featuring member. Nathan, Great band. Nathan Death. Nathan Death of Napalm Death is in Godflesh, I believe. Oh, is he? Yeah, Nathan Death. Isn't, isn't he in Napalm Death, the guy from Godflesh? 
feel like I he was. can't keep Justin Broderick. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, yeah, I can't keep track of it all, but maybe I think you're right. Guy walks in with a woman. He's got a Burzumon sleeve. I'm like gritting my teeth, and I'm just like, I don't know. Metal show ish metal. I can't. There's not much I can do, but I might be happy about this. You gotta let a cat in one sec. Yeah. I've just let Spunky in. And yeah. Spunky, look, I, f- I fucked with my hair again. It was worse. Should know. Yeah, you had it really going. So this this gentleman comes in with his lady friend. He's got a burzum long sleeve. I'm, they're kind of like, how much does show cost? I'm like, this amount. And I'm like, mm. and then three people, four people walking past him are just like, fuck burzum. Burzum suck, you fucking poser. And they leave. Yeah. Now, to me, this is the ideal situation. Yeah. Today, this is someone Wait, being... So they, they walked into the club... And saw the Burzum shirt and left because the guy no the people in the Burzum shirt the people the guy in the Burzum shirt and his girlfriend are guests. Oh, they, they left. They left. They, they left. Realized. They were not going to have an easy time there with the Burzum shirt. Good. And, good. So and that that's yeah. that's the ideal. That's the ideal. Is someone is like yeah. shamed not by a figure of authority. Not that I'm a figure of authority, but I was by, basically in control of them. by their peers, just the other people at the show. Yes. Okay, fuck that. Yeah. Um, and again, this is why once you enter the club, it becomes a different thing. And why maybe just trying to get people to turn it around. And I said, you might want to turn that shirt around. And then he said, he just walked out without saying anything. Yeah. And uh, then I was on the street, the streetcar, and there was a young woman in a Burzum hat. And I was just like, what, the, what is going on? Like, I get it. Yeah. I know what they sound like. They sound like hell. You feel lack as hell. Maybe yeah, you think you can, even by supporting them, you're somehow subverting it. But like by support, by wearing the shirt. But that doesn't really wash. No, it doesn't. Uh, and then just recently, I was like working an indie band kind of show. And this kid comes in at a tattered vintage looking person shirt. Yeah. And uh, he comes up and whatever. And I go like, you know, I almost like I'm really of a mind not to get not to let you in because like this band is fucking fascist. And what are you doing? And like, I don't want to see this shit. And he goes, you can't even make eye contact with me. And he's just like, they got riffs, you know, and I'm just like, what? You're gonna. I was just like, you're gonna regret this in ten years, and then I did let him in. They got riffs, and then I let him in. That's not even true. They have a sound. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's pretty dumb and weak. uh, People in Bursa. So, yeah. But one of my main reasons for having such an issue with the Bursa shirts is one of this Varg's guys like deals was that he wanted to blow up the venue blitz in Norway. And Varg did. Yeah. People thought that was why he killed Euronymous was because oh. the, he also, he murdered for those who aren't familiar with this guy. He murdered um, yeah. the guy Euronymous. from the band mayhem who also was, yeah. 
uh, owned a record store that was the hub of black metal yeah, in Norway. And uh, um, he wanted to blow up this venue Blitz, which was like a venue that my band played in 2008 or seven. So he wanted to blow up a venue that was like one of the European punk metal touring, you know, became this sort of very important tour or an important touring stop tour mm-hmm. stop for like DIY music. And people yeah. are showing up to me at like a DIY promoters show <laughs> celebrating this guy. Like I can't, you know, I, it, yeah. it's, it's just, it's not to mention that like the amount of anti-Semitism and shit going on right now because of people like Varva Kent is really insane. And he's still yeah. online and out of jail and still doing his boring shit, including yeah, re- releasing a tabletop role-playing game. Yeah. He's a total nerd. Aside from being a fascist, racist, awful person. But Danko Jones um, wrote a column in like 2013 or something about Burzum, people wearing Burzum shirts. Oh, did he? Yeah. Like calling them out. Yeah. And it was cool. And it was specifically about people, not specifically, but it it touched on people of color wearing Burzum shirts, which I will say like three of the four people in the last like little while, I've seen prism shirts were women or pe- people of color. So, you know, what you do with that? I don't know, but I just think the moral quandary. Know, maybe people, maybe people are uh, being willfully ignorant, or obviously not. Either they're fully ignorant or just ignoring uh, a lot of details. Dave, does this conversation topic bother you? No, no. I mean, it bothers me. Uh, the, Morally, the people are walking around those shirts. The On conversation principle. doesn't bother. Um, yeah, just I don't know. I think people they want to look hard or whatever. Just put on a fucking a Burzum I mean, shirt. I was, gonna, I was gonna name another black metal band, but um, <laughs> you, you you could, but you know, anyone I was about to name, you could go like, well, wait, hold up a second. Um, where where I mean, you could look if you're wearing a mayhem shirt. Like any of the bands where like the white supremacy is limited to like an interview or some horrible incident. Like, again, that's for the crowd to decide, you know, it's like, I'm not really going to freak out like, you know, but I just feel like birds on my hold in a, a different situation. And I, I, I think part of it has to do with that punk thing and just being very well irritated. I mean, the guy, you know, he's a middle-aged man now, and he's still saying the same stupid shit that he was when he was a teenager. So, whereas a lot of these other guys have, uh, you know, apologized and acknowledged that, oh, I said something really stupid when I was, you know. Yeah. You know, but Varg Reckonis is still, uh, has shown no growth. I mean, there. Yeah, at the least, he's inspiring people to embarrass themselves at their most desirable age. Yes, but yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, yeah, remove that part you mentioned that Gavin. Uh, I I don't want to don't want to even give him speak his no. name. He's such a fucking idiot. No, I'll take him out of the conversation. But um, and I'm gonna keep going for one more second with one more thing about this. Okay. I looked online on YouTube, yeah. Burzum shirt. I'm looking for these sort of, you know, activisty kind of, you know, explain it videos people make 
maybe something about birds and shirts. They're all, there are like no, there's nothing contextualizing, contextualizing Burzum very well. There's like one video where a guy, the guy who made the video, his first comment is like, oh, I made a mistake when I said Sweden and not Norway. Like I said, he burned down. And I'm like, oh, you made a mistake in your video about where he burned down the churches? No one is going to take what you're saying seriously. Like, we can't have people who don't know shit about this kind of stuff being like, you're a Nazi. You don't want to, you know, it's just people like you and I who have like listened to this stuff and are like, yeah, cool. The album's cool. But whatever, you know, like. Yeah, it doesn't uh, justify all the other stuff. You have to make a no, video Michael for Jackson, me. On the other hand, no. Um, sorry, <laughs> you have to make a video for me, a PSA for nine to fourteen-year-olds about Burzum. They'll they'll be looking to listen. I'm so sure. gassy. Sure. Well, you've I feel like I'm. We've talked about Burzum so much, and it really brings this stuff brings me down, man. But I want to talk about it. Understandable. Yeah, let's go out on a high note. I got, I, we're, we're getting, you got like it. five minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you want to talk about, Dave? I'm glad you asked. We have a show we're doing together at the Monarch there in Toronto, <laughs> October 19th. So we have that. Yes, October 19th, 7 30 doors. Wanna, we want find tickets about, online. We want to talk about, um, your book. My book, my incredible book, The Awesome Game. One man's incredible globe-crushing hockey odyssey. And I was talking to you throughout the writing of this. Yes, as because we'd talk often because we're good friends. Yes. Dear friends. Yes. But lately you've been touring with Tenacious D and it's been very hard yeah, to nail each other down. I've been pretty crazy lately. You This yeah. year took a turn for you where I feel like you're on the road like... 80% of the time. A lot. Of it looks time. like that. Yeah, a bit more, yeah. But, you know, no one made me go into show business. You didn't have a stage parent situation? Stage mom. No, and I had the opposite of that. I think I had just had parents that begged me not to go into show business. <laughs> Whatever so that the- be. Stage... Not stage parents, basement parents. <laughs> yeah, no, like uh, bank parents. Yeah. They They're just to like a uh, job at the Ugh. bank. No thanks. So you're writing this book, The Awesome Game. Mm-hmm. When you pitched the story, when you pitched this yeah. book, did you pitch yeah. like an entire idea or did it come together as you were writing? It's the latter, Nick. It came together. I mean, it just came out of uh, just my love of hockey and my frustration that it's not the number one sport in America as it should be. Cause you know, you Canadian fellas, it's the number one sport there. And I, I want it to be the number one. Sport. I'm frustrated that it's not more, that it's not more popular in America. So that was sort of like, uh, the little nugget of the book. And then, and then just exploring, exploring the game and the, and just things that I love about it. And, you know, jerseys and and connecting with people all over the world uh who also love it and just seeing where an appreciation for one subject will lead you and that led me as far as kenya where i witnessed a baboon steal uh a loaf of bread from a bunch of children 
And you I love that. I love that one subject can take you that far away from, you know, the topic. It's, pretty, it's a pretty big leap, I think, from ice hockey to a baboon stealing a loaf of bread in Kenya. Would you do you think a baboon or a monkey could play hockey? Yeah, without question. I mean, I think the the monkey would probably be better, or chimp, really. Probably like a chi- chimpanzee. Of primates, I would I would think the chimp would probably be the best at it because I mean they already they already know how to roller skate. They could probably figure out ice skating as well. But here's what I'd like to see: a chimpanzee. The skates are on its hands, and it's holding the stick with the feet. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think it'd be hard to do. Yeah, but I'd like to see it, Dave. Just because well, it's hard. Gonna, it's all the more I mean, reason to do the it. Game, isn't the game of hockey hard enough? It seems yeah. impossible. I have no idea how people play it. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the point in my book, that it's the skill set involved. It's the hardest sport as well as being the greatest sport. Lacing up your skates seems difficult to me. Even that is difficult. And then your ankles are getting like pinched. Yeah, that's yeah, it's painful. And like people, have you ever cut yourself with your own skate? I'm glad you asked. I have. Um, I was playing in a men's league in my 20s, and a guy fell on me. Oh God! And I was wearing sweatpants instead of hockey socks, which sort of guard a bit more against that sort of thing happening. But I was wearing sweatpants over my shin guards. And I just got my skate sharp and this guy fell on me and I dug my own blade into my other leg and ripped a huge gushing hole in my leg. It's very painful. In your 20s? Yeah. I still have so like, I'll, show, I'll show you next week in Toronto. I'd love to see it. Yeah. On the 19th. Yeah. But before yeah. then, I might see you too. Sure. When we re- record this entire episode. Mm-hmm. In French. To follow our oui. language laws. Oui. Way, way. Yeah. You look great, by the way. Thanks. You look great. I put on the touch up button on Zoom. It was oh, it in the preferences. Like you, it makes you look like you've worn. How do you do that? Go into preferences. Okay. Background and effects. Oh, that's. Uh, no, go to video. Oh, video. Touch up my appearance. Oh, I've, I'm not that touched up. Let me try to touch it up to the max. Did I? I'm not touched up. I I've touched touch. myself up to the max now. Oh, I, I just touched myself up to the max. Oh, look oh at us. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, this look at This is what that. you got to do. It's completely fake. I, I think it's six awesome. Week, six weeks younger. I also like that you blurred the zoom in the last four to three minutes of the. Yeah. Sorry, I am. Did I mention I'm gassy? No, but I'm glad you did. Thank you. So you got this horrible cut at a time in your life. In a way, I feel that's when pain is its most memorable in your 20s. Like that's, those are the pains you remember. I don't know if I agree with that, but sure. I mean, I'm not sure. Can can you bring the pain to mind right now? Yeah, I can remember because... Uh, I could feel, uh, my leg, uh, being very damp and, uh, all of a sudden I felt the 
coldness of the rink uh, rushing into the wound. Whoa. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. And there was a doctor on my team, and I was like, figured that he would help deal with it. And he was like, go to the hospital right now. (laughs) He didn't want to get involved, understandably, because I would have sued him. I'm very litigious. Yeah, I believe that. Do you think you'd ever sue me? Can you sue me being in two different countries? Yeah, I intend to. Yes. Do you think it would be for photoshopping Brosum shirts on you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, there there was someone that photographed or photoshopped a MAGA hat onto me as a joke. Mm. And, like, I think it said, like, it said something else, but it looked like a MAGA hat if you passed by it real quick. And they posted it on Facebook. And they thought it was funny, and I wrote, I'm like, hey, can you remove this? Because people scroll through, and they don't really take the time to register things. And someone's going to walk away thinking I was wearing a MAGA hat. So, And then did they go? They took it. No. Oh, well, that's see, that speaks to your fans. That speaks to your fans. And it speaks to the dangers, you know, and we really need to say this. If you think you might not really be incredibly funny don't try anything yeah a lot, a lot of people oh yeah they try uh it's like i remember i was in a bar i, I don't mention this in the book the awesome game one man's incredible bonus game, story Odyssey. but i was in a bar in peterborough ontario and this guy walked up this guy recognized me this young fella very nice guy, mm-hmm. but he was like, recognized me and was surprised that I was there in this bar. And then at one point in talking, he was trying to joke around with me and he called me a piece of shit. It was not, <laughs> it was not, uh, it wasn't funny. Like, and it was like, I, I was like, oh, that was kind of mean. You called me a piece of shit. I didn't, I mean, I didn't call him on it, but I think as soon as he said it, he realized like how it wasn't funny and it was just like, he was trying to joke around, and it, but it was out of his. Well, you know, I that that's what how I what I should clarify here is like when I say, oh, you know, if you're not that funny, don't try it. It's like if you can't really make the right distinction between like this is a funny joke, and I'm just kind of like referencing something confusingly, and kind of being self-deprecating about another person. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. You know, like, yeah, like I feel I've had just so many conversations where people will like compliment you and then feel so oh, spunky. Spunky the cat is is right here. He's the best cat. He is kind of I, the best cat. Hang on, I should run because I I gotta. We're I've go lost to dinner. You. No, you haven't you lost there? me. It's just yeah, Dave, yeah. I'm here. One sec. He's. Literally, she's literally muted you. Oh, okay. Hang on. Why can't I hear you now? Can you hear me? Nick's AirPod pose Yeti with AirPods. Dave? Yeah, can you hear me? No, I can. Okay. The cat turned the volume all the way down. Did you say you had to go? I should go, yeah, because we're going to have dinner. What are you having? We've been talking for an hour and a half, too. Are you mad at me? <laughs> 
No, no, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I feel like we got I, some we've really nailed it. We've really, I we have got more than enough. Point. I'd set, I'd set uh, out to have a great chat for about an hour. We've I'm done going it. to, I'm going to count this as about an hour because we didn't really get going until 550. It's an hour, 20 minutes round down 12. But yeah, and you'll get rid of some of the stuff we want to cut out, which will be. Gavin. Uh, and uh, that that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, good. That should be easy enough. Yeah. Cut that out. Will you mind if I uh, post video every, of certain moments on this? Yeah, you can post video, sure. We both look great. I, mean, I look amazing. You do? Yeah. You look great. You probably feel great, too. Oh, feel hungover, but oh well. Hopefully, this beer doesn't do that to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, All right, pal. Well, you're the best. Yeah, I'm psyched to see you soon. I'm super stoked to see you. Yeah. Are you excited for the awesome game? Is it out already? No, it's out Tuesday in Canada and everywhere but the U.S. Tuesday, October 17th. Do you know when it's out in the U.S.? October 24th. October 24th in the United States. And on the 19th of October, you can catch us. The Monarch Tavern. The Monarch. It's going to be super sweet. Follow Dave on Instagram. Yeah. Pretty much. Mr. Dave Hill. At all the socials, at Mr. Dave Hill. He's probably coming to your town. Help you party down. We didn't even talk about the Tenacious Detour. We'll have to do that. That was my chat with Dave. We'll do it on the next pod. Thank you for the next one. To that. Yeah. All right, pal. And to continue listening to this, hopefully. Right, See you soon. Not, you're not you haven't stopped. But uh yeah, I wasn't kidding. That was a very long Burzum conversation, and honestly, I'm still uncomfortable about it. Worked another show last night. I, I think I may have seen a Burzum shirt. No. Not sure. But anyway, it's really obviously not a world shaking thing that these shirts are out there, but I'm here to tackle the small stuff today. I'm not here to get... And that's not really that small thing. I'm not here to... uh, I I don't have the capacity at the moment to tell you anything about my beliefs about very much of anything. But feel free to project whatever beliefs you think I may have onto me. And uh, we'll both be even then. And it'll be great. (laughs) How does that sound? Do you like it? Uh, Yeah, but otherwise... I am taking care of a cat named Spunky right now, and it's great. And if you want to write me and ask me any questions, tell me some stuff, recommend things, recommend a guest, ask to be a guest, I don't care. I'll have you. Weeklypodcast.gmail.com. That's W-E-A-K-L-Y podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to support the podcast, that is at www.ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan and uh, patreon.com. Slash Nick Flanagan. And um, I'm going to send out a little email newsletter soon, probably as soon as tomorrow. So I've got a sub stack and can sign up for all kinds of different ways. Um, and I'll send that out and that'll have a little more Burzum shirt discussion, fun, and then a couple of music recommendations, movie suggestions. Come on. It's going to be great. Get on that newsletter track. Check out my Substack, baby. I am looking forward to hanging out with uh, Dave. 
I had a great time opening for John Daly the other week. His Johnny Doyley show was awesome, and I hope you caught it if it was passing through your town. He did an hour. There was improvisation for sure, but it was also very well written. And it had like visual audio cues and everything. And it was sick. And I'm very proud of him for not, pr- I mean, I am proud, but I'm just so impressed, man. Like, John is really talented. He's like a, a, a game talented, but um, he's so chill, very nice. And um, then I see him work and I'm like, how are you doing all of this? How? But whatever. You know, just uh, glad I got to see him and the crowd really enjoyed it. So, hey, win-win. And otherwise, I'm just taking care. This cat takes two diabetes injections. Spunky the cat. Here. Spunky. Leave. Two diabetes injections day. Early and then late. One asthma pill a day. He gets to go outside. He's so happy. He's 12 years old. He is a, a whirligig dervish dynamo cat of a cat. And even with these health challenges, he thrives. I congratulate his owners. And uh, I'm very happy to be taking care of him. But um, the thing where I'm getting up, I'm working like at night, and then I go to bed, and then a few hours later, like four or five hours later, because I go to bed late, uh, I get up to like inject him with a needle to save his life and go back to bed. Then like have to go somewhere. Then I have to go somewhere else around 6.30 or 7 and after injecting him, and I have to time it. It's so much, and I'm exhausted, and I'm finishing this on Wednesday. And after this Dave Hill show, I don't think I can take a break. Oh, you want to go out again, Spunks? Okay. The theme of today's episode is opening doors for cats. Um, after this Dave Hill show Thursday, I don't know. I'm just going to lie down for a while. But I probably can't. I probably have some work i got to do at some point. But let me rest so that I may produce, please. 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 Okay? Wonderful. You the best. We the best. Have a great night. Remember, follow Dave at Mr. Dave Hill on Instagram. I think that's he's Dave Hill Burner on Twitter. And you can find out all about his shows and his books and comedy. All that good stuff. All right. Thank you. Good night. Plan again.